What is good, Defenders? It feels good to be back. You know my voice. It's the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and I love you all so much. More on that in a minute. What a game. What a night. Back at BMO. The man directly to my, depending on how you're looking at this, he's to my left right now in world-famous Philomonster Studios, my partner in pod, one of the best people I know, one Christian, Philly, Philomonster. What's going on, Defenders? And as always, hello, Los Angeles. Hello, Major League Soccer. Hello, fans of the beautiful game. And of course, hello to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners, welcome to episode 269. Yowza, getting really close to 300. Uh, it's, it's happening, happening relatively quickly. Yeah. Scarf, it is so good. To have you back, it is so good to look at my screen and see you there. It was um, it was different in the one more sleep. It was different. Uh, episode two sixty eight. Uh, Panda held it down. Hello Kitty held it down. Yeah, you did a great job holding it down. But obviously, this show, any way you want to slice or dice it, it's you and it's me. And without you and me, there is no defenders of the BANC as far as I am concerned. And <laughs> I um, I love you, buddy. I know you've been through some stuff, but yeah. I'm glad you came out today. I'm glad Mama Scarf kicked your butt out the door and told you to go do something you enjoy. Because the minute I saw you walking in through Founders Club, smile on my face ear to ear baby it was uh so nice having you back brother yeah man look let's uh let's pay some bills and then uh we'll pay a little tribute to uh papa scarf so uh yes, sir just want to remind everybody we are sponsored by flex power tools and go to flexpowertools.com for all <clears throat> move for all your power tool needs look out uh <laughs> look we want to remind everybody it's very very simple you get a complete full lifetime warranty on any single tool that you buy. You can buy more than a single tool. You can buy five tools, 10 tools, 12 tools, however many you want to buy. Head on over to flexpowertools.com. Buy some power tools. Register the power tools. Full lifetime warranty on every single thing that comes out of that box. It's very simple. We've been telling you that the whole time. We're starting to get a bunch of people who talk to us about their using Flex Power Tools, their loving Flex Power Tools, and we're not paying them to say that. They're just saying, hey, this really works. So reach out to our good friends over at Flex Power Tools. And the cool thing about being partnered with Flex, being part of the Flex family, is that we get to go to a lot of cool Flex events along with all of you and Philly. We've got one coming up. I love it so much. In my backyard, right next to the home of the scarf in Hawthorne, California. Why don't you tell the millions and millions about a sweet, it's the last player appearance, I believe, right of the year in association with flex. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The final flex player appearance of the season. I was hoping it was going to be in Burbank. They were telling me that they were eyeing Burbank, but yet again, back to Hawthorne, which is great for a lot of people and obviously not so much great for me living like in the shadows of the Warner Brothers studio. Yeah, it's fantastic for you. But anyway, yeah, that's right, Defenders. Thursday, August the 17th from 4 to 5 p.m. Flex will have, like I said, their final player appearance of the season. And John McCarthy, big J Mac himself, a man who got himself another clean sheet today without making any saves, <laughs> will be in attendance. Uh, 
the last time we were at an event around that neck of the woods and he was around, I know that MLS cup trophy was there. Not sure if it's going to be around this time around, but J Mac will be there. And I know there are going to be a lot of goodies on hand. There's going to be a raffle at the end of the session, 60 minutes, get an opportunity to meet J Mac. If you haven't, he's a super phenomenal guy. Just don't say let's go Mets in front of him. He's a Phillies fan. I did that. Uh, he gave me a dirty look with a smile afterwards. It was kind of fun, but yeah, August the 17th, 4 to 5 p.m. at Lowe's in Hawthorne. And, uh, yeah, come hang out with Philly, Scarf, hopefully Panda and Nina. But more importantly than that, John McCarthy. Absolutely. And, and again, check Defenders on Instagram especially, but we'll also tweet out the information as well. Again, the player appearance with John McCarthy, Thursday, August 17th. So be there because it'll be a lot of fun. Hang out with Scarf down in his hometown of Hawthorne, or I guess hometown, kind of hometown. I'm from Torrance, live in Lawndale, all kinds of stuff down in the South Bay. You guys know where the South Bay is. That's fine. Hey, really, really good news on the Mo Fascio Futsal Court uh, Fund front. They have cleared up any of those issues with either PayPal or GoFundMe or whatever it was. So the fundraising effort is back on and in full effect. want to thank Anna and the whole team over there for handling that. So again, head on over to LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Fascio for all your donating needs. And Philly, I'm going to throw out the number 50 because why not? Philip scoring in his debut, number 50. Philip with the goal. So, look, 50 is a nice round number. A lot of you guys are going to spend 50 bucks on like Starbucks this month or something. You know what? Instead of spending 50 bucks, head on over lafc.com backslash mo hyphen fascio and donate $50 to the fundraising effort for Philip's first goal. What, eight minutes and 41 seconds into his LAFC tenure? Philly. <laughs> that's a tough act to follow the number 50 a very high number and uh we were having this conversation before i, I can't think of any athletes that rock the number 50 I don't, I don't know why i'm thinking luther Wright, former seton hall center played a second for the jazz back in the early 90s that's the only player i can th- and he might have even been 54 i don't know if anybody can think of somebody else wearing the number 50 please let me know whether right. it be hockey the nba whatever the case may be but i I figured out how I'm going to up the ante on you, Scar. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. You chose the number 50. I'm going to do 51.60. And you want to know why, Scarf? 51.60. I'm going to throw out a guess. I could be wrong. Was that our possession for the game today? That That's a very good guess. Um, okay. The answer is no, though. All right. The reason for that, it's, it's attributed to Denny Buwanga. So. Okay. He uh he's contributed to 32 of LAFC's 62 goals. If you do the math right there, that's uh, that means he's contributed to 51.6% of LAFC's goals in 2023. So I had to I had to you know think about this one relatively quickly, but it's uh, I managed to beat the 50, and that was a that was a pretty good one. So yay me. I like I, it a lot. Right. Myself on the back. I want to throw out something for you, Philly. Uh-oh. This is gonna be a fun one. Technically, technically, and if Al Rate is listening out there, he will appreciate this. So I I helped, back in the day, I helped write some of the trivia questions for the LAFC trivia app. Remember when we were all uh, playing trivia before the matches and everything else? I I helped write some of the questions for that, for some of these, right? 
I, I did know, and I forgot about this until I looked it up in my notes, but it's true. He never played a match for LAFC. But in his in the inaugural season that was 2018, one of the very first signings in LAFC history, Rodrigo Pacheco, he was given the number 50. Now, it was never used in an LAFC match, at least in a competitive one that mattered, because he never played for LAFC. But technically, Philip is the second LAFC player to wear 50. <laughs> Boom, you just blew my mind how you pulled that one out of left field. <laughs> Did that just hit you? I mean, I know you like to bring up a lot of the obscure players from the 2018 season. I do. But, I but do. Rodrigo wasn't even a player. So I mean, that, like, he, you he had that in your back pocket. He was on the team. Uh, look, as much as I love me some good Nico Chornomage and Callum Malice references, Callum Malice. Uh, anytime I can bring up Rodrigo Pacheco, uh, he again – First player ever signed by LAFC and then cut without playing a match. That's uh, that's his claim to fame. So oh. I, it, it, that seems like it was so long ago. I mean, today was kind of <laughs> odd. I know we're going to get into it, but you talk about Rodrigo Pacheco in 2018. You know, it was just yeah. even crazier like than that scarf. I mean, we're in the Founders Club watching a lot of great leagues cup games. And it's just so wild. We're hearing Chicho's name getting announced on the speakers, getting um, his ring on the pitch of BMO, no longer a part of our team. And right. then on TV, you have Walker Zimmerman <laughs> competing against Club America doing his thing. And uh, no, not Club. Uh, yeah, Club America. You got Walker on one side. You got Brian Rodriguez on another. Now we're starting to see our players like in more places than just BMO Stadium. That's wild. It's six six years, and it just feels like forever and a day ago that all this stuff took place. Yeah, it really does. Look, uh, for Rodrigo Pacheco, just in case you're wondering, he came up from Orange County Soccer Club uh, a couple of years before LAFC became a thing and then didn't have a club for a couple of years and then was on a Greek club. I believe it's Greek, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but I'll let you guys look it up over on Transfer Market. Uh, Thesprotos Iguamensitsas. I, I, I don't <laughs> even know. Good. It's I I mean that that's Protos. I know I got right. It's the second part. No idea. He was the number nine for them while he was playing. Uh, look, I, I love me some Rodrigo Pacheco trivia, but even that one, I mean, yihole. Um, He's gotten more burn on our podcast than he ever did on LAFC. And you know, I I want to apologize because I'm looking up Rodrigo Pacheco's stats and I realize I'm wrong. Oh, this is crazy. all this for nothing. All this for nothing. Rodrigo Pacheco, you know, he wore number 50. He played 17 minutes against Atlanta in a 5 nothing loss in our sixth match ever. Oh, down at the Mercedes-Benz uh, stadium. Oh, or geez, I should really? say in our, yeah, yeah, in our oh. fourth match ever. Is that right? The way that match day works? Yeah, in our fourth match ever, he played 17 minutes. So I want to apologize. He, he, he did play. All right. 17 minutes so well, technically the second player to wear number 50 there you all go. right well we, i don't want to talk 17 more minutes about somebody no. who doesn't really matter no offense rodrigo pacheco but when it comes to lafc history you kind of don't matter you're you're you're, you're 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 a you're a mere footnote we, and, we uh, and know, a bingo question we know rodrigo listens to the pod we apologize for philly's rude comments either way i will just drink my topo chico and shut the heck up uh, all right. So uh, before we get into everything, we are going to talk about the Rose Bowl details for Friday, August 11th. We've got a bunch of 
news and notes that Philly will take you all through. But I want to start off this podcast, and I say start off this podcast, only 12 minutes in to this podcast, uh, by saying thank you to everybody who has reached out over the last uh, week, two weeks, three weeks. Um, my dad got sick July 3rd. July 3rd is when all of this started. And uh, ew, I just, um, I would have never thought that so quickly it, it would have ended the way it did. Um, he passed on Monday. And uh, I just want to start to say thank you to everybody who reached out. However, you showed your love, whether it was DMs, texts, calls, or the abundant amount of prayers that we received and well wishes for my dad's health, for my family, for everybody. I I am completely overcome with greatness, uh, with with gener- with gratitude. That's the word I wanted. Gratitude uh, about all of this. Um, we kind of joke about it when we say the millions, but. I want you all to know that it really did feel like I had a million of you praying for and supporting my family through all of this. And I will try to get back to as many of you as I can that reached out uh, in all of the different ways that you did. But please, please, please know that my family and I have felt as loved and supported as we could have ever imagined. My dad was and is my hero and best friend. And his completely unconditional love and support throughout my entire life is a gift that I know not nearly enough people get to experience from anybody, let alone a parent of theirs. He was always there at my games, at my school events, everywhere. He was never shy about telling me how I could be better, but he was also never shy about telling me how proud he was of me. Um, My dad didn't know much or even really care about soccer until LAFC. Um, When we started this pod, it became another way for him to connect with me, um, a way for him to learn this beautiful game that we are all in love with, and a way to better understand the family, the culture that we in the black and gold faithful are all a part of every single time we meet, whether it's at BMO or anywhere else. Um, The last match that we shared together, we listened to the 7-1 win together in the hospital. Um, I held up the phone near him so he could hear the match as as I was watching it right next to him. Um, He was pretty heavily sedated, I'll be honest, so I'm not sure how much he took in, but we listened together. And yesterday, and now it's, two days ago, technically, because it's Wednesday at 1.22 in the morning. Uh, as my dad was being given some medicine to help him stay calm and comfortable in the last few hours, um, I, I told him again about the match, um, how LAFC for the first time had scored seven goals. And he was looking right at me. He was he was coherent then. He could still respond and everything um, by squeezing my hand. Um when I told him LFC scored seven, his eyes opened wide. He squeezed my hand and he let me know that he was as excited as I was. And the club brought him joy right up until his last few hours. And so for that, I will be forever grateful. And so I just want to say thank you again to all of you out there who prayed for my dad who kept us in your thoughts 
And just know that no matter what, now my dad has better seats for the messy game than we all do. So he's going to be watching. And look, he's probably going to be rooting for Messi to score a goal too. Um, (laughs) But I am so incredibly grateful to this community. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. Um, I, I, the games are not the same because my dad doesn't call after every goal. Um, But that being said, I know that he's watching and I just appreciate all of you for being there at this part of the journey. So thank you guys. When you wrote about him on, on Facebook was, was one of the most beautifully written things I I've ever, I've ever read in my life. I, <laughs> there's one passage that, that stuck out about how, like, even if it was like three in the morning, you'd call him and he'd pick you up. No questions asked. And like knowing your dad, I can just see the look. I can see the <laughs> wheels turning. I, I can imagine the million things he wanted to say to you. But I mean, your, your dad was one of the coolest human beings I've ever met. A smile that could light up a room. He was just such a pleasant, such a happy guy. I mean, and, and, and I know he loved you, bro. I, I can yeah. see the way he would look at you. I, I've never ever encountered anybody that had such a strong relationship with their father like you had with yours. And I mean, it was a beautiful. It was it was beautiful. The phone calls, all that. I mean, it was it was special. And you know, I I, I loved him too, Scarf. I enjoyed the Thanksgiving we'd spend at your house, the birthdays that we'd go to uh, in your neck of the woods. That that one Italian restaurant. Uh, I'd love the Buster's chops about being a Yankee fan. And obviously he'd laugh at me, you know, picking the Mets and obviously you too, but he's a special human being and and may God rest his soul. It's going to be talking about him a little more within this pod. I know you're going to bring him up, but like, yeah, yeah. Quick, quick, uh, quick story about picking me up at three 15 at any time that, um, when I I need to blow my nose, so go for it. Yeah. When I was, uh, when I was in high school, did you just use your shirt to play? Right. I didn't and have anything else around me. When uh, I was in high school, I was a a lector at mass, which means I read at mass. I did the, you know, this is the first reading of John to, you know, whatever. Um, I I had gone out and partied a lot that one particular night. And uh, I it was Papa Vodka. I still remember it. I can't look at Papa Vodka the same way. Um, I read at 5.30 a.m. mass. Yeah, I'll let that sink in for a minute. I read at 5.30 a.m. mass. And it was because on Sundays I had swim practice at 7 in the morning and my parents wanted to make sure I went to church when I was growing up. So I had 5.30 a.m. mass where I would read. I was drinking at this party until 3.30 in the morning. And I was, let's just say, less sober. Um, but my father, I called him to pick me up because I, I, I couldn't operate a Hot Wheels, let alone a motor vehicle, nor should I. And uh, he picked me up and he said, all right, in the car. We, we were on the way home and right. He didn't say anything the entire way. Obviously, I probably smelled like the entire barrel of Papa vodka at that point <laughs> um, in the car on the way home. We're pulling into the driveway and he goes, all right, you got about two hours before you have to read at mass. Go get some rest. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Okay, cool. So I read at Mass. And and I, I got to be honest, I'm sitting there in the front row. They had the lectors sit in the front row because you could just walk right up. You read, you know, this is the, the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, you walk back down. 
I was struggling throughout mass and I walked up, made sure I counted all three steps that it took to get up to where the pulpit was there to where you read. And I read and I, and I think I did, I think I did well. I really do. I'm not just saying that. Like I I read the words from the page. Thank God it was a short, short passage and I was good. I forgot to count the third step on the way back down. Oh no. And I stumbled and and it was I didn't fall but I definitely stumbled and and I didn't dare look at my mom because I knew she was there were daggers so I looked at my dad and and that was one of the only times in my life I'd wished I looked at my mom in that case because my dad <laughs> gave me this look like you idiot this is why this is why I get mad at you sometimes and it's just one of those things you talked about. I, I mean, I, I said really didn't matter. Whenever I called, he would pick me up. He was my dad was there for anything and everything I needed. Uh, that story he didn't love as much when I told it to other people. But uh, uh, <laughs> one one last quick you were thing filled with the blood of Christ. I <laughs> listen. I oh dude, that's the oh my god, you just brought up something I totally forgot about. So <laughs> right. I was also a Eucharistic minister. And I, again, another night of partying and everything else. Um, and, and there was this one time real quick and then I'll stop. I promise. Um, there was one time where like nobody shows up to the five thirty AM mass. Nobody. Like there I was, was going to ask that people. question. Thank you for answering it. Yeah. Nobody shows up to the five thirty AM mass. And so when the priest there, there's only one person that's doing communion there and only one person that's doing the wine. And usually the priest does the communion. And when it was my turn, I did the wine. And this was a night of partying on Saturday, got to mass and, and two people, two came to get the wine. Now the priest filled up that chalice. I would say three quarters of the way full. And I was taught growing up as a Eucharistic minister that it's the Eucharistic minister's responsibility then to clean the chalice, meaning you, you drink what's left in there if you feel comfortable. And I, I thought nothing of it because I had done it several other times, except when I did that, everything else that I had had to drink like several hours before was about ready to come right back out. I felt <laughs> terrible the entire rest of the time. But well, I, They would have seen an exorcism. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I grew up at the same time uh, because of my family, because of my mom and dad. They they are an incredibly faith based family. Um, I, I, I don't spend as much time in church now as they would like. But because of that, I grew up in the church and, and those, those were, those are two of my, my dad's least, less, least lesser favorite stories. I don't know, but oh, um, dad, I love you. Um, many of you got a chance to meet him at my, at the scarf launch in 2019. One of the coolest days of my life where LAFC, um, I mean, you were there when they announced it uh, to me. Uh, out in front of uh, in front of the entrance to to BMO or to bank the bank at the time, and my dad was just so he thought it was such a cool thing that I got to design this scarf and that people actually wanted to line up and buy it. And yeah. my dad was just my dad was so supportive and and I have a great mom too. Don't get me wrong, my mom is 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 my rock and I love her and I will do anything I can for the rest of my life to take care of her. But uh, I love you, Dad. The only thing, and not to obviously, you know, like make any any light of any scenarios, I I have to apologize again if I confused anybody, and I'm sure you must have been confused at some points too. I got all these people. Scarf, are you okay? What's going on? Is everything all right? And I was like, what did Philly? What Ray? 
What did you do, Ray? <laughs> Dude, I when I when I started, like I woke up the next morning to a bunch of texts because Panda and I, in true defenders of the bang fashion, you know, got done recording at like two, three in the morning that match <laughs> night. And um, I woke up the next morning to a bunch of texts, like, oh my God, tell Scarf, you know, we hope he's okay and that he gets out of the hospital. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I went back to listen to it and distinctly remember saying Papa Scarf, but you know me sometimes squirrel, you know, I'm, I'm one of those kind of guys, but I did distinctly say Papa Scarf, but throughout the pod, I did mention that we're here for you. And it was more just as like as a support level. So I'm sure, sure. like, what did this idiot fail to tell people? Cause I'm okay. And of course I we reiterated it. I, I made sure to like post about it and say, look, he's Okay. Pop a scarf. They need your prayers. Either way, the the, yeah. the scarf family needs you. But I'm sure you were like, uh, "This is kind of weird." I'm here. I'm <laughs> I'm fine. I'm still standing. As I knew, I was okay. Let's put it that way. I knew I was fine. Um, look, let's let's do a really fun. I, I'm allowed to do this because it's my dad. I'm gonna do a smooth segue. Yeah, here at Defenders. Speaking of uh, from going from my dad in heaven to the seventh ring of hell, let's talk about the Rose Bowl. There you go. That's Bravo. that's for all of you. Bravo. Uh, look, guys. Uh, B- Buki is Los Buki. Los Bukis. Is, playing, is playing Los Bimo. So we don't get to play at Bimo Stadium. We get to play at the Rose Bowl on Friday at seven thirty. Nothing spells fun like sitting. Yeah. There you go. Nothing spells fun like sitting in Friday traffic to get to Pasadena and the Rose Bowl for a 7:30 match against Monterey. Yeah, I mean I look, I can't say I hate the idea of going to the Rose Bowl. It's kind of like you going to the Lows of Hawthorne. It's really yeah. close for you. I mean, it's really close for me, not so much for you. But nope. that just means we we get to carpool together and you could get, you know, you could visit your nephews, the Gremlins, uh Hagrid Huff and Harry. Yep. They haven't seen you in a while. I'm sure they would add a little bit of joy to your day. It's not ideal. The no. thing that perturbs me is uh, the fact that we are getting relocated. I mean, it's going to be a big game, obviously, against a top, top club in Liga Mekis and that of Monterey. And stay tuned because we're going to do another one of those getting to know you pods. But I'm terrified, Scarf. Uh, <laughs> if you pay for a certain section, you have club seating. If you have amenities... How is that really going to factor in? I saw the email as we left BMO uh, amenities and all that would be honored, but let's not kid ourselves. Um, I I just don't know how this is going to work out in some which way, shape or form. It's going to be a poop show, whether it be the traffic or whatever the case may be. There's going to be plenty of people that are going to be unhappy. There's plenty of people that are going to be happy, but um, I don't really like the idea of this game switching itself. Uh, we had 17,000 on hand, supposedly, at BMO Stadium against <laughs> RSL. And I get it, right. it's RSL. Uh, they said that we had a little over 22,000 in the last game, uh, uh, the, our first round of the League's Cup against FC Juarez. It didn't look and feel that way. Are there that many Monterey fans in and around the world and that are going to dawn in and, and hone in on on Pasadena, are there going to be that many LAFC fans that aren't season ticket holders that are going to go? I don't know, but I also have a tough time believing that they're even going to get anywhere close to the 82,000 they had on hand against the Galaxy on 4th of July. It's I don't love the idea whatsoever, 
because it is home field advantage for us. We were the best. We got the bye. We should be playing in the friendly confines of BMO Stadium. But here we go again. As you said, the seventh layer of hell. And that's not even our house. So if I would have been dope going in a galaxy territory to play Monterey, I don't really like this. Yeah, look, and I don't think they're doing it because we can get 82,000. I think they're doing it because that's the Los Bukis. best <laughs> option. No, just one. Los Buki. One Buki. Uh, uh, singular Buki. Yeah, singular. I, I'm just not. You've got a Buki yourself. I, I hate <laughs> I hate the Rose Bowl, man. I hate going to the Rose Bowl. But just to remind you guys, payments, if you're in the pay-as-you-go plan, which is what we opted into, payments will be processed by Thursday, folks. And, and it's right now Wednesday at 1.35 in the morning. So just want to let you guys know. Uh, the the only news and note that I've got, uh, because we've got a bunch of news and notes that Philly is going to walk you all through, because I have talked plenty on this podcast so far. The only news and note I have, Philly, is that uh, in their loss to Kilmarnock, Rangers had a player in the 18 wearing number 15 that we are all very familiar with. He did not register a minute. They didn't put him in yet, but he's been there all of, what, a week? And uh, already making the 18 for Rangers is number 15, Jose Cifuentes. Yeah, the move is now official. He is in the Scottish Premier League under the bright lights of Europe. And as per Sky Sports, uh, the deal's for four years, and it was for around 1.2 million pounds. So he's obviously getting a hefty bump up in pay. And he's going to be a really big import. I mean, they're considering him there. They signed nine players over the course of the offseason. He's their marquee signing. So we're going to see a lot out of Jose Cifuentes for Rangers. And I know there's a lot of Celtic fans out there within this LAFC community. I could say that old firm Derby is going to be very interesting and exciting. Uh, I will be up at 4 or 5 in the morning to watch it now because there's a vested interest. I want to see Jose Cifuentes do his thing, and I want to see him thrive. We can't say that there have been that many players that have left LAFC and gone on other clubs that have thrived. I mean, Chicho did not thrive at Pachuca. He's thriving a little more uh, at, at RSL, but I can't think of another player that left LAFC that has succeeded immensely. Maybe Diego Rossi, but still. Uh, he's coming back to MLS, so that tells me all I need to know about his time in the Turkish uh, in the Turkish first division. Jose Cifuentes, yes, that's the first part of my news. Uh, P1 visa issues can get issued relatively quickly, and by that I mean Philip Krostev. He was officially announced by the club. His P1 visa cleared. He made the 18 today, uh, and he did something pretty immensely, uh, pretty pretty cool within his debut. Eight minutes and change into the game. 21 years old, comes to LAFC by loan from Lomel SK in Belgium. Kids also got 11 caps with Bulgaria. And from what Steve Chirondolo said in the press conference today, he's a, a very gifted and technically proficient player. So we're going to expect to see a bit out of him from that perspective. We also announced the signing of Christian Oliveira from UD Almeria in Spain. Another 21-year-old. He signed a four-year contract with a club option in 2027. To get him, we needed to grease Minnesota United with $175,000 worth of general allocation money because they simply called dibs on him. Discovery rights is the official term used by Major League Soccer. I'm going to call it dibs because that's all this stupid and preposterous rule. Is. Right. 
Uh, played in Uruguay last two years with Boston River. Had 30 starts and nine goals. So the kid's a finisher. Played at Peñarol. He represented Uruguay on the U16, 17, and 20 side. So we're obviously going to look for big things out of him. So keep your eyes out on him. We're still waiting on a P1 visa and all that from him. And also with uh, with Mario as well, Mario Gonzalez. You should be excited because, Scarf, there's another Italian from Juventus on LAFC's roster, but LAFC too, LAFC 2's roster. They signed 19-year-old Lorenzo Della Valle from Juve. Kid worked his way up the ranks, made his way onto the Juve team. That's uh, the U17 and the U19. Kept climbing up, had five starts. Is impressive. Had five starts in Italy's U19 team in the 2023 Euros. And it's going to be fun to see him develop. And he's got Giorgio Chiellini to learn from in a battle and a practice against. That's pretty darn cool. Uh, and then the last bit of news and notes I have, our very own Carlos Vela recognizes LAFC's Player of the Month for July. And that is all the news. Yeah, I want to give a, a quick shout out. While you were talking, I someone sent me on Twitter uh, I, I love our friends over at Shoulder to Shoulder. They tweeted out that uh, this win was for Papa Scarf. So I, I, I do oh. really appreciate that. I love you, you got guys. your work Thank cut you. out for you, by the way. Oh, man. I, I You got a lot of defenders. I mean, I just, sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, <laughs> I okay. love you guys at Shoulder to Shoulder. All those guys are awesome. We love you. Dr. Reimer, him, him and I are going to be working a lot together in the upcoming season. Obviously, Christian Christian as well. Big shout out. A lot of people wrote Scarf. Yeah, a lot of people have wrote, and I'm the one that normally handles all the social media. <laughs> I'm not touching any of those messages, and not for any reason other than the fact that, well, I want you to read them. You yeah. choose however you'd respond, whether it be in one blanket video message or whatever the case may be. But I think it's important uh, for you to just realize that you truly are a beloved member of this community from top to bottom from the security guards to the president of the team, the people that in the North end, the people in the South end, hell, probably to Polly the pigeon who you didn't get a chance to meet against <laughs> SC Juarez. I mean, you are a beloved member of this community and I love you with all my heart. Make sure you read all those messages. And there well, are a lot believe of me. Them, I've, so. I've been reading them as they come in. Believe me. Um, it's, it, it's been incredible. Uh, I did. I did want to mention Philly real quick. You had mentioned how MLS, the whole, uh, some of these moves can be right. Uh, Tom Bogert on August 4th tweeted out something that I just wanted to put out there. This is how ridiculous the league that we play in is. This is how ridiculous MLS can be when MLS MLS is here. Here's the, the best one that Tom Bogert had ever seen Minnesota United acquiring the first right of refusal on Liam Frazier from Toronto for 50,000 in GAM. Now, first of all, they acquired the first right of refusal on a player. That's, I have never heard of anything like that for 50,000 in GAM from Toronto. <laughs> then they traded that first right of refusal to FC Dallas for 100,000 in GAM. <laughs> I just, when, when MLS MLS is, it's the best. I don't. Thank I don't have man. the sound effect for the circus uh, on, on the uh, on the on the roadcaster, but right. uh, if there was one, I'd hate it. It would go something like like what a freaking. Joke. I got uh, dibs, hundred seventy five thousand. Like it's so stupid that people. Didn't somebody have dibs on Messi at some point? 
that was they had like yeah i don't even i don't i give up i don't know this is this is fun this is why the rest of the world laughs at us i think it's fun it's the unique nuances that make our league so intriguing but you try to explain this to a football fan anywhere else in the world they laugh your ass right out the room look allocation uh, money what is this effing monopoly come on right we've talked a lot about news and notes and everything else uh we're not going to do our Angel City Minute or our LAFC 2 look uh, for this particular episode just because we're trying to move it along a little bit. But I do want to get in to a very short this day in LAFC history. Uh, the match was played on August 8th in 2023. And if we flash back to 2017, Philly, a massive monumental day in LAFC history, August 8th, 2017, was the day that Carlos Vela announced on his Instagram that LAFC is his new team complete with the now famous cap raise August 8th, 2017, this day in LAFC history. And I do want to shout out August 8th, 2018. Oh, it's the game where I got really upset at a concert and, and LAFC lost to Houston Dynamo in the semifinals of the Open Cup on PKs, a Herculean effort by the now Columbus crew led Diego Rossi, a hat trick, including an extremely late goal in the fifth minute of stoppage time to tie it up. But unfortunately, Laurent Simon and Latif blessing both missed PKs to allow Houston to advance also on that day. That was a busy day for LAFC. August day, 2018. We acquired Josh Perez from Fiorentina. Josh Perez was on Fiorentina. Uh, and we also uh, had Mark Anthony K undergoing successful ankle surgery following his injury against Carson. That is this day in LAFC history. Philly, we got some friends coming back to BMO, including one who left with some jewelry. I'm jealous. Jewelry? Jealous? You've got that same piece of jewelry, too. The only difference is his costs a few thousand dollars more than yours does. <laughs> Mine was 35 bucks. Hey, hey, 35 bucks. Hey, well, well worth it. That's <laughs> right. Competing against real Salt Lake, a team that hasn't beaten us in a very long time. I mean, we've been whooping up on them. We beat them three to nil in May. Our, our last previous encounter was back in 2022. We beat them two nil. This isn't a team that has been successful against us, but since we did beat them back in May. They've turned things around. Uh, they were in 11th place when we played them. They're not tied with us, but in third place, same amount of points, just different on the on just difference on the goal diff. Uh, they're 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 red hot, man. I mean, they got 35 goals. Uh, they had 10 when they played us. Uh, this is a team that brought Chicho Arango in. And he's finding a place uh, on this team relatively quickly. Danny Musovsky doing his thing. Jefferson Savarino still the team's leading scorer as he was earlier in the season. And getting into League's Cup, that match, they beat the Seattle Sounders. They whooped up on them. And then Monterey absolutely annihilated them. But up to that point, RSL was undefeated in 11 games. They've completely turned their season around. They're going to make a be and be a viable threat in the playoffs. It just weren't really a viable threat for us today. Now, look, they they took out Leon as well, three one. Yeah, uh, and and it was an all LAFC affair in that one with Moose with two goals and a nightcap from Chicho. Uh, look, this is a club that when they are rolling, they are very very good. But Philly, I never, not for one time, 
one moment did I feel that LAFC didn't control the entire 90 minutes of this match. There were certainly moments where RSL put themselves in positions to score. But in terms of the overall run of play, I really thought that LAFC took it to RSL every moment of this match that they could. Extremely impressed with the performance today. And it's something that, I mean, look, we said it on our last pod. You guys talked about it in the 7-1 effort. We'll talk about it again here in the 4 nothing win. All we needed was some damn rest. Again, I, I want to go back to just one quick stat that I brought up when we last played San Jose. When we played San Jose, that match was their second match of the week. And it was the third time that season, third time in the season, that they had played two matches in a week. That was also our second match that week. And that was our 12th week in the same time span that we played twice in one week. Our guys were exhausted. You saw it from Denny Bawanga. He had no legs left. Yeah, he says he wants to play every third or fourth day, and that's all well and good. But you know what? Even Super Denny Bawanga needs some rest. And so you see it now with players that are finding spaces, finding their roles. And I thought what Steve said was so important is that he's got some training with these guys again. It's not just recovery. It's not just side work. It's not just drills. It's actual training on things. We're seeing set pieces looking even better. We're seeing our run of play looking fantastic. Our counter is probably the best that I've ever seen it right now. And we absolutely blew the doors off of RSL today. No, we we absolutely did. It, it, it was a pleasant game. Honestly, these last two LAFC games have been fantastic. We've scored 11 goals in the last two games. Yeah. That's wild, man. Seven. We pulled up a touchdown with the extra point um, against FC Juarez. And we got ourselves two safeties in the game against RSL. And I love it. Goals coming by ways of players you wouldn't have anticipated. So yeah, that's again, the best true, part. Yeah, again, in true defenders fashion, forty three minutes, and we still haven't started talking about this game. So let's uh, let's get into the lineups. Let's get into the lineups. The legend Pablo Mastroeni, head man for Real Salt Lake, the Miami Fusion and Colorado Rapids legend, a best eleven defender in his day, an MLS Cup champion. I I did okay tangent one more time, and then we'll get back to it. His number 25, Philly, was the first number retired in Rapids history. Do they retire numbers in football like that? Like, can you no. imagine if, like, LAFC just stopped using the 10 shirt after Carlos Vela? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I'm all for it in baseball, right? I am all for it in baseball. It is a very different game, obviously. Uh, most other American sports. Uh, they also do it in hockey, which I know is not an American sport, but we're talking about baseball. Yeah, basketball. It's been dominated by Americans. We haven't seen a Canadian team win since 92. Yeah, that's anyway, true. that's a different story. But uh, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, they, they like to retire their numbers and I'm all for it. I just think it's silly that uh, Pablo Mastroeni got his number retired by Colorado, but that's a small team and small market thoughts. So that's what they do. Uh, dude played in two world cups too, Philly. Oh, two and oh, six, including, Philly, 06, picking up that red card against Italy. Pablo Mastroeni, he got the boot, got to take an early shower. Uh, coach of the Rapids from 14 to 17, took over RSL 
last year, and he likes to run a 4-4-2. But unfortunately, their keeper is still Zach McMath. Uh, <laughs> on the back line, defenders Emeka and Nelly. Justin Glad, who, I mean, <laughs> Justin Glad. <laughs> or My make man. fun of him later. My man. The only player that played worse for his team and helped out the other team more this week was Marco Farfan. Uh, uh-huh. Marcelo Silva and Andrew Brody <laughs> round out the lineup on the back line. The four uh, four in the middle as well. That's how a 4-4-2 works. Jefferson Savarino, Brian Ojeda, Pablo Ruiz, and Andres Gomez. And the two up top we certainly have heard of. The man who received his ring prior to the match, Chicho, Chicho Aranco. Uh, it was uh, it was fun to see him back at BMO. Uh, Danny Musovsky, shout out to Oliver. Oliver, if you're listening, we haven't forgot about you, man. We love you. But Danny Musovsky, Chicho Arango up top. Like There are a couple of guys that we'll talk about. None of the subs really did anything of note, but Nelson Palacio had to play a whole lot more than he thought he would. Rubio Rubin was out there. Anderson Julio. And Philly, your favorite player did not get to play today. Demir Krylock. Yeah, the LAFC killer. I, I'm not gonna miss miss him whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I just have to say, I am proud of the efforts of Danny Musovsky. Five goals and four assists. Yeah, for over the course of the Major League Soccer regular season, he's he's doing great, man. I mean, he was just a role player for us, coming off the bench, getting the occasional start, getting a goal. It was exciting. But now he's the focal point of a team's offense. And regardless of whether it's Real Salt Lake, the Colorado Rapids, or whoever else, uh, it's still pretty cool to see him succeed. And, and I'm also happy that Chicho is back. We get to see him. He didn't do anything today. More on that later. But I, I'd like to see our players uh, succeed, just never against us. One other thing I want to mention, if you were watching it on the TV or whether you were close enough, uh, you witnessed a lot of the RSL players wearing the name Jenna, G-E-N-N-A, on their attire. The reason for that, so this gentleman was the VP of Communications and PR for RSL. John Jenna was his name. And he was diagnosed with ALS back in July, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, He passed away recently, I think within the last week or so. So they did this as a tribute to him. The players all wore it, even their PR staff. We saw our friend, even though we didn't get to chat with her, Delmi Barrios, wearing wearing a shirt in our decked out in RSL colors as a tribute to him. So I just wanted to make sure that you know we acknowledge that. Obviously, we're rivals on the pitch, but you know we got to be friends off it. And anytime somebody of your community or your front office passes away, like so you're going to acknowledge that. And geez, it's ALS. That's that's a rough one. That's one where nobody has uh, took that disease on and won. Yeah, dude. Uh, by the way, if you look at Danny Musovsky's numbers across all competitions and Carlos Vela's numbers across all competitions, Danny Musovsky has nine goals and five assists. Carlos Vela has 10 goals and five assists in like 20 more minutes of play. Danny <laughs> Musovsky and Carlos Vela have put up the same numbers this year across all competitions. Now, granted, Carlos Vela played in 24 matches so far this season. Danny Wasowski played in 27, so it's not exactly apples to apples. But, whoa, Danny Wasowski is doing some things. Yeah, close enough. All right, that being said, let's get into the LAFC lineup. In between the pipes, he had himself a stellar effort today. Chilling. Did he? The Julie, the Julie the Cat Gaffney game. <laughs> Did he have a stellar effort? I am bored. Effort? I am bored. I am very bored. It's one of those things. John McCarthy in between the pipes. 
make sure you come out to Lowe's and Hawthorne August 17th. Again, there's another plug. Get to hang are, out with John. Ask him how John to make sure he comes out. Well, I'm sorry, not John. Well, yes, oh. John. I, I've got to make sure John comes out because he's the main attraction. But uh, everybody else, come hang out with John. You could ask him what his thoughts were on the game against RSL. Uh, our back line, Ryan Holling said, Aaron Long, Giorgio Chiellini, and Cheeky Palacios, who had a fabulous game. Our midfield, your player to watch, Scarf, Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, and Mati Bogush. Uh, we've got a lot of great numbers on Mati Bogush. Yeah, he didn't put a shot he put one shot on target, none in the back of the net, but he was a, a really important player, and he's finding a nice home in the midfield now with the departure of Jose Cifuentes. Uh, up top, Denny Bowanga, no surprise there, 51.6% of our goals, he's of our scoring he's contributed in. Uh, Stipe Buke, he started, no surprise there. But getting the start uh, on the heels of having scored his first goal ever in Major League Soccer, Number 27 himself, from the prom to the pitch, Nathan Ordaz, starting up top in the center. Amazing. Very exciting to see. A gamble, one would argue, but one that would pay off. Our subs, Daniil Maldonado, we would not see him. The return of Jesus David Murillo, Mamadou Fall, Maxime Cripeau on the bench, second straight game. It's so good seeing number 16 back in black, so to speak. Uh, Daniel Crisostomo, Eric Duenas, Christian Torres, Sergi Palencia. I was going to say Tomas Romero. That's not Tomas Romero. Abraham Romero. And Fufu himself. I didn't give him that nickname. It's his Instagram handle. Philip Krostev. And I'm quite amazed that he caught his P1 visa so quickly, but that is your LAFC starting lineup and your bench. I love it. Seventh minute is when I took my first note. Maybe it's because I wasn't paying attention for the first few, but I'd like to think that was when the first real action happened. And it's a shot by Mati, which was just wide. He got way too much space. Uh, and then Nate with a shot uh, in the eighth minute there. So waking things up a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, after a dangerous ball over the top to Jefferson Savarino, that uh, J-Mac has to field. Pablo Ruiz is down and he's like hurt, hurt. You know, you can never tell when a soccer player is hurt, hurt until they get up and they don't just immediately run off the pitch and apologize to the referee for staying Break, down. Breaking kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, I'll, I'll say this. He was hurt, hurt. He had to be helped off the pitch. They called for the stretcher, but he was like, nah, that's not, that's not happening. Took him a little bit to get off the, the, uh, the pitch. And it was Palacio. We mentioned him in the opening, Nelson Palacio. Coming on for Ruiz, and I think you know Pablo Ruiz is a very talented player, and that was a that was a bummer for RSL for sure. Uh, unfortunately, it was it was due to injury, and he wound up playing uh, Nelson Palacio wound up playing a lot more than we thought he might. One Palacio, not two, like our cheeky one Palacio. You would have to wonder how much like Pablo Ruiz is injury factored into what happened with RSL. They played a decent 45 minutes, but obviously they, uh, they fell, they fallen apart. Uh, a lot of the passing getting in, you were talking about that shot in the seventh minute, Giorgio Chiellini, man, doing a lot of things, getting that ball in from the defensive third, from the midfield and, and starting to spur some offense. Obviously we're a team that plays out of the back, but Giorgio Chiellini is passing. I mean, he does it with such 
proficiency. Like he's not turning that ball over. And, and, and I, and I love to see that uh, 13th minute. You got great passing from Nathan Ordaz to Stipe gets it on over to Denny on a one-on-one fast break, but great defense by RSL to get back. I believe it was Palacio that made the play having himself a, a really quick impact in the 14th minute. Two old friends bumping into each other. Chicho's running. <laughs> Giorgio says no, no, gets it away from him. And there was another moment. It's obviously not going to report. It's pop on the stat sheet. But uh, Giorgio added like a fun two-handed tackle on uh, oh, yeah. on on on, um, on Chicho. And I think at one point he like right afterwards he like flicked him in the butt. Like it's just <laughs> funny seeing two old friends and go at it each other. Now foes on the pitch, but uh, Giorgio Chiellini just. Just such a pleasant human being to watch. Even if he knocks somebody down and they knock him down, he's always shaking everybody's hands. That's not how he was at Juventus. He was bloodied up at Juventus for reasons, but it's fun seeing him in this part of his career. Now, yeah, look, Giorgio is an absolute mood every time he is out there. Uh, a well-deserved yellow later on in the match. Uh, I-, I do want to mention in the uh, 20th minute, a beautiful little bit of tiki-taka between Stipe and Cheeky and Denis. And and look, I give Zach McMath a lot of grief, and I do that because he's a terrible keeper, and I just don't think he's very good. Uh, but he made one heck of a save in that 20th minute, keeping LAFC off the scoreline, at least for the time being in Philly. Uh, an unlucky deflection from Mati Bogush's ball finding Gomez, and he found Moose for a runout. Uh, I thought that was just really an unlucky play, but luckily good defending by LAFC leads to just a corner for RSL. They they do get on the other end of it, but it is headed well over and mm-hmm. wide. Uh, the first real, I guess, spot of nervousness for mm-hmm. LAFC's defense, the first little spot of bother, in that 25th minute, Philly came off of an, an odd deflection off of a Monty Bogus pass. You're talking about in the 31st minute? 25th. Oh, I don't have the 25th minute. I thought we were going into the Aaron Long turnover. No, 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 I, don't no have. I mean, look, we, we can definitely talk about the 27th minute first where LAFC dodged the first of two bullets in succession. Uh, one of those opportunities that Pablo Mastroeni was kind of ruining in the uh, press conference after the match, Jefferson Savarino with an absolutely perfect pinpoint ball to Andres Gomez. Oh, yeah, he headed and, it out. That's right. And how he didn't put that header on frame, I don't know. If it was Marco Farfan and it was from the other team, it would have gone straight into the back of the net. But LAFC dodging a major bullet in the 27th, Philly. And we absolutely dodge another one on the 31st. Yeah, a, a very bad pass. I, I believe it came from Aaron Long. It was a lazy pass that got picked up by the last person you want to have pick up a ball. And that's the team's leading scorer. Sure, we could talk about Moose. Sure, we could talk about Chicho. But the team's leading scorer all season long has been number 10, Jefferson Savarino. And quite, we quite luckily, had the luck of the Irish, if you will, in that case, we are lucky that he just missed. That was another moment where we were sweating things out. And that couple of moments right there, you said it, the head, the box, the the ball that got crossed into the box headed out by Gomez. That was a near opportunity for RSL. Uh, Obviously this bad turnover by Aaron Long, that was another opportunity, but you know, J-Mac would not have to make any saves because well, they never had any shots on target. Fortunately for us. Yeah, it was a pretty easy day for John McCarthy, all things considered. 
Look, I've said it all the time. You guys know I'm I'm just a bigger Giorgio Chiellini fan than you. That's all it is. Whoever's listening out there and you're a big Chiellini fan, nope, it's me. Don't worry. I'm the problem. Uh, 32nd minute, Giorgio with a beautiful over-the-top ball. The 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 weight, the the touch on it uh, to Cheeky Palacios, and Justin Glad has to play it out for a corner, so nothing really happened. I just wanted to highlight Giorgio Chiellini because I can. And then the 35th minute, a perfect, perfect corner by Mati Bogush. But Aaron Long, maybe he overran it. Maybe he overcooked it. I don't know. It's just it was surprising that he couldn't get it anywhere near frame, like anywhere near frame. Maybe it was too far outside of the far post. But a great, great ball by Mati Bogush for sure. And look, Aaron Long appreciation moment happens in the 38th as Aaron Long saves our bacon. Moose rips right past Ilya Sanchez. And it was 1v2, man. It, it, for, for a minute there, we're looking at it going, oh, God, Moose, Moose and Chicho, Moose and Chicho, Moose and Chicho. Uh, Long, uh, Long was able to poke it away from Chicho just in time. An excellent 1v2 defending effort. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, I mean, it took my head, off, my head, my eyes off the pitch for a short moment. The next thing you know, 39th minute, we get a whistle uh, and a yellow card on Giorgio Chiellini with a player down in the box. And I didn't see whether or not the foul was inside. Fortunately, it was outside. Um, and that sets up, what, Chicho to take a free kick. Uh, he gets it into the box, but it gets broken up by LAFC. Chicho would not have that many great looks. There would come, one would come, but you know that's uh, you, get a, you get a yellow card on Giorgio Chiellini. Uh, now you have to start wondering whether or not he's going to be playing as aggressively as he needs to be. And obviously LAFC need him in that center back position to do his thing. And he's not just there from a defensive perspective. I mean, you compare his passing ability to that of Aaron Long. Aaron Long had that lazy pass on over to Jefferson Savarino that nearly led in the goal. You don't see those types of uh, like like floofy uh, passing coming from Giorgio Chiellini. I mean, he he passes with intent and with 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 mustard uh, with with lemon. Ch- I don't know. He just he does it and he does it well. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say a couple of turnovers from Chiellini in this game, a little uncharacteristic, but we, we've we talked about it over and over again. He is just a special passer, and things just come differently off of his foot. Giggity? I don't even know. Either way. He uh, so 40, good that I didn't even realize that he had turnovers in the game. Yeah, he had a call. Look, I, I spend I spend most of the game watching Giorgio Chiellini, Philly. This has been well documented. Uh, 43rd minute, though, you're absolutely right. Uh, Gomez broke Ryan Hollingshead yep. and crossed it into the box for Chicho. And Philly, again, another opportunity for our boy Chicho, and he put that one-timer wide. You have to wonder, Philly, did did the emotions of receiving his ring and realizing he's not going to get another one this year and, <laughs> and playing back at BMO with the North End, who chanted and cheered him several different times throughout the day, was it all maybe just a little too much for one uh, Chicho Arango? Did he, did he kind of get too hyped up with the moment today? So there, there, there are a couple of things. Obviously, there's going to be some emotion because he was a, a very loved member of LAFC. There aren't that many players that, I mean, yes, we sure appreciate and respect our, our, our team, but you know, players like Latif would garner a lot of love. But like when Latif was ready to go, uh, it, it wasn't such a sad thing. We knew it was coming. We were all disappointed to see Walker Zimmerman go, and he's been well-received every time he's come back, whether it be via the All-Star game or whatever else. But Chicho's a different animal. I mean, he's 
he came at a time where our team was like, for lack of a better term, piss poor and gave us a little bit of hope. Then he turned things around and was our team's leading scorer. The guy was outstanding. Uh, but here's the thing. Steve and the players know his habits. They know what to do. I mean, when he was on the sideline a couple of minutes before uh, this play occurred, Ilya Sanchez was was swarming him, Giorgio Chiellini swarming him, and it just didn't seem as if RSL was doing a good job getting the ball to him. He didn't have that many touches, and you would be shocked to learn how many touches Musovsky had as, as one of their top scorers. Yeah. But I did think Chicho was going to have a different kind of game because uh, our buddy Joe, the cameraman, he brought up a really good point. Chicho's been playing in higher elevation and training in higher elevation these past couple of weeks, something I didn't take into consideration. That should have put him in a position to be a lot more uh, in shape than a lot of our players. The ability to train in higher grounds, it's, I mean, you have a lot of these Olympic marathoners that'll go to Colorado and do that type of training. But he really wasn't a factor. That was an opportunity where he could have been a factor, but we got lucky. Again, we got lucky with him. We got lucky with Gomez's header. We got lucky with Savarino just missing to the right. And that, for the most part, ends your first half. Now, there were people on social media that were tweeting, and by the way, they, they deleted it afterwards, that were saying that LAFC played a poor first half. I don't see how anybody in their right mind could have thought no. that they played a poor first half, let alone a Twitter account that disseminates a lot of LAFC news. Seven shots, three on target, 60% possession, 85% passing accuracy, multiple chances created, five set piece opportunities. I'm sorry, six set piece opportunity from the corner. If that is slow and uninspired and bad performance, then you, my friend, need to get your eyes checked. Players, by the way, who wore number 50, it just hit me, Philly. Oh, boy. The Admiral. Oh, my God, David Robinson. You're absolutely right. It just I didn't hit think me. of David Robinson. Neither did I. I feel terrible. He he served in the Navy. That's, that's I, I, I just like know. your dad. He, yeah, exactly. That's I, I try and follow Navy athletes because the, anyways. All right. So second half, uh, Nate tried to chip the keeper. Uh, but uh, it didn't go so well for him in the 48th minute. But uh, what did go well was Denny Bawanga doing Denny Bawanga things in the 52nd minute. We got right out on the front foot in the second half. And exactly what Steve Chirondolo said, when we are up, it is not easy to play against LAFC. Little did we know that even in that humidity that was hanging out over at BMO Stadium, it was it was muggy, it was stuffy, that the snowball, began to roll downhill there in the 52nd minute. What a ball from Monty Bogush. And the little little header flick on ahead is all the space that Deniba Wonga needed as he tucks it in the corner of the net to the right of the keeper. And uh, and look, I'll, I know this is a long podcast today, but I was talking to Philly just in that moment about my dad and about how things were going. And literally as soon as I ended the conversation about how things were going and, you know, how things went with my dad, that is when the pass was made by Mati over the top to Denis. And we both sat there watching it and the goal was scored. And look, I, I don't believe that, that God plays sports, right? I don't think he's sitting there going, today Manchester United will win, but next week I'm making sure Arsenal pulls off a... I've got a parlay on Brighton. Yeah. and uh... Yeah, I just, 
I, look, I'd like to think that he might be a Luton fan, though. Scarf. He might. I mean, shoot, the... he, he needs to get a ticket soon, though. There aren't many seats. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, I, I don't. I just don't do the whole like thing. But I got to think that maybe, just maybe, for a split second, there, my dad was listening to us talk, and he was watching the game, and he just wanted to give me a little hey, just so that you know, I'm watching, I'm here with you. And it was literally right after we had the conversation that Denny scored, man. And, uh, you know, just, you know, it's, I hope, I hope for the rest of my life, my dad continues to give me these little reminders. Cause, uh, I'll chalk that one up to my dad watching the game with me. No, I will too. I, I, I sort of felt that as well. We stopped talking and then holy baggins bogus to Bowanga bashing goals. It was just, <laughs> It was just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it either. You got teary-eyed. I got teary-eyed. I looked over and Amanda and Nina got, got teary-eyed. It was, it was, it was, it was a beautiful play. I mean, that's the first goal you got to see in BMO, obviously, since everything happened. And yep. you, know, you, you get Denny Bowanga with, uh, with Andrew, Andrew Brody, and he didn't have necessarily the greatest game ever. And, uh, you know, to quote the movie Mall Rats, hey, Brody, man, Nucci, Nucci. It's like Denny Bowanga, <laughs> Nucci, Nucci, the nuts off of. Andrew Brody. <laughs> I I don't think Andrew Brody though Philly had as bad of a game as our friend Justin Glad in the fifty seventh minute. I just oh, don't think. Oh Justin, did. aren't you glad? No, no one, no one yelled man on. No one yelled. Hey, hey, the the guy that just scored. He's he, he's right there. He's tap. Oh damn it! So Denis Bowanga picking the pocket of Justin Glad. While by the way, Zach McMath was on walkabout. He was nowhere even near the pipes at that moment. So I I don't know how many goals Denny Bawanga has scored in his entire soccer playing lifetime, but I definitely don't know how many more will come with a wide open net like that. And just like that, by the way, Denny Bawanga scores again, his 24th of the season. I mean, Mm -hmm. come on, Denny Bawanga doing Denny Bawanga things. Effortlessly. Pickpocketing Justin Glad. I mean, it, it does not. It doesn't get any easier for th- than that. And honestly, you can chalk up obviously the first goal as being a problem. But honestly, after Justin Glad got his uh, his nuts handed to him on a plate, everything unraveled for RSL. And it's exactly yeah. what head coach Pablo Mastroeni said. Like the psychology of the player and the team just fell apart right around this moment and for good reason. I mean, that was an embarrassing giveaway and, and a punch to the junk. Uh, Justin could not have been glad about what happened there. And you said it, Denny, 20, that is 24th goal uh, in, in all competitions, eight assists in 31 games. And that's where I got my 51.6. He's, he's half our offense, half yeah. of our offense. And that is kind of scary and dangerous when you rely on one player so much, but this game was, really done with only him scoring one goal. But then he scores. I mean, what? I think in like six games, he's he's had six multiple scoring games. He's had multiple hat trick games. I mean, he piles on. He piles on goals like like, like Jared, the subway guy, would pile on like subway footlongs. I don't know. That was a bad example. I that was a poor attempt at humor. Leave me alone. It's too. Are we allowed to talk about Jared the Subway guy anymore? He got. Oh, I forgot about his little uh, jail stint. Never mind. I'm sorry. Little jail stint. Yeah, dude. dude, The dude is. uh, uh, 
I hope he gets his whatever it is there because he's uh, he's a special kind of creepy. Uh, yeah. By the way, but since I, we're talking I believe- about Subway, can we please come back? Can we please get back the five dollar foot longs? Those are great. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I believe the stat line goes something like only two players in League's Cup have multiple yeah. multi goal games in this League's Cup. Right. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, Philly. There are only two. Yeah, you're right. Uh, obviously. You the the one obvious one who you're gonna say, and then the one yeah, not Denny so Bawanga. obvious one. Yeah, Denny Bawanga. That's the obvious one. Um, <laughs> no, there's uh, a guy. from Minnesota. Yeah, the uh, the other guy, Messi, is uh, pretty good too. Turns out that's the rumors look, were all right. This guy is good. Look, man, Lionel Messi. Uh, this is the only thing I'm gonna say about Lionel Messi on this podcast, and then I'm gonna stop. Mariano Rivera told you he was gonna throw the splitter. And is the greatest closer of all time because even though you knew it was coming, you couldn't stop the damn thing. Lionel sure Messi lined up for that of Arizona in two thousand one. Yeah, look, Lionel Messi lined up for that free kick, and my mom and I were home, and I, I said, "Mom, you gotta, you gotta come watch this here. Sit down real quick. Lionel Messi is about to take a free kick." <laughs> he scores again, and I was like, "I lose my mind," and my mom's just looking at me like. Well, he made that look easy. Why was that hard? I go, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. Yeah, yes, he made that look easy, mom. But oh my god, it's just <laughs> six goals. It's just unbelievable, it's man. Stupid. Either way, uh, another Giorgio Chiellini appreciation moment, if you don't mind. In the fifty-eighth minute, a beautiful ball over the top. But Giorgio Chiellini, as I thought, was it was it Andres Gomez? Who was that? that was just gone off to the races for a quick minute. I thought, oh, shoot, that's that's a 1v1 against the keeper. John's going to have to come up big. No, no, no. Giorgio has his back, a beautiful sliding tackle uh, to play away the ball at the very last minute. And then my boy in the 63rd minute, I can't tell you how happy I was for him when he got his first one. But the wonder kid again, Nate the Great, scoring his second in two matches in League's Cup play, Philly. Ilya, to Cheeky, to Nate. Denny tried to poach one. I don't think he get there fast enough, but uh, Nate was on the right place at the right time. And and just the revelation for this kid. And, and Amanda showed this to me, I think it was pre-match. That video that LAFC put out about Nathan Ordaz celebrating in the pink ball kid shirt next episode i am gonna be i'm gonna wear a pink ball kid shirt uh i I do have one i have one from the western conference final last year how the hell did you get one of those listen who's in greece i no actually I'll, i'll tell you exactly how i did it I had no problem approaching the like 14, 15, 16 year old kids that all walked out from the match and they were wearing theirs. Remember I wore it on, uh, on, on one ten football after the match, I wore the ball kid shirt. It's there. Go look it up. It's, it's on their YouTubes. Uh, I, I will be wearing a, a pink, it, they're, they're called ball dashers. Uh, the, the season that I got them, they went away from ball kid, but how cool was too. it? to watch Nathan Ordaz celebrate like Carlos Vela's goal and a couple of others. It's just, I thought Eric Duenas was my favorite homegrown kid. And now I have two. This is awesome. You know, I'm pretty sure that during the IG live that we did at the start of the game, I had mentioned that if Ordaz scores, you have to run on the pitch and shriek naked. And you agreed to it. 
yet you did not do it. And you even went on record as saying you would outrun Paul if that happened. I didn't see any streaking scarf segments of the day. I didn't see Paul chasing you. I didn't see that foot race. Tell the millions. And millions. Why that didn't happen. All right, let's be very clear. Yes, I am probably faster than Team Security, Paul. Oh, I smell a challenge. How, That's I mean, I'm a in. charity race right there. However, God. <laughs> However, 100 meter sprint off between Paul and Scarf. Ooh, I like it. I would love to market the hell out of this. However, Paul has many, many, many other security guards that work for him. He's that are way faster than I am. So that would be a bad day for one scarf. That's you get knocked sure. out like that dude proposing to his girlfriend at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, look, I, I don't want to race you, Paul. Okay? Just don't do it. What if, what if it's a charity? What if it's to raise money for the Mofaccio foot court? Oh, then I'm in a 110-meter sprint. You know that. I How long? 100 meters. Okay. It's a quarter right. of a track. No, that's good. I thought we could do like a 40-yard dash. Look, yeah, look, uh, like Usain Bolt can do it in like nine seconds. I'm sure oh. you could do it in like 40 you know, just dash. that same amount of time, right? 40 yard dash. Yes, I can do the 40. I can do the 40 in nine seconds. Absolutely. Uh look, LAFC, bring it on Murillo and Sergi Palencia for Chiellini and Stipe Buke in the 65th minute. Uh, Denis had a one-timer that was blocked, and then Denis missed uh, the net just wide while Zach McMath stood there because he's not a very good keeper. Uh, and in the 68th minute, we watched Moose come off Philly, and uh, I really think that was where RSL was kind of waving the white flag, but LAFC was not done. Uh, I-, I loved that we got to see the new guy early on in the 75th minute, so he's going to be able to finish out the match like 15 minutes of the match for Philip Krushtev. Uh really, really happy uh, that this kid got the start that he did. I think uh, I think Steve Trundle was also pleasantly surprised. Uh, all you got to do, by the way, is come on for Denny Bawanga. Good luck. Uh, and then Eric Duane is coming on for Ilya. Dude, it took a mere eight minutes and 41 seconds yep. for Krushtev uh, to find the back of the net. Fufu fools McMath very nicely. Look, here's how it happened. Uh, he gets a nice ball fed in by Mati. And the play starts off actually from Denny Buanga launching it from LAFC's defensive third, connecting with Ordaz, who gets it on over to Mati. Mati then gets it on over to Fufu, Philip Krostev. I didn't nickname him. I'm just letting you know that right now. And I mentioned his name earlier. Andrew Brody. Hey, Brody, man. Nucci Nucci's. Well, Krostev takes a <laughs> shot, and it deflects off the Nucci Nucci Brody Rucci, and that finds its way past Zach McMath. And there you go, another fun record. Eight minutes and forty-one seconds from entering in his first game as a member of the Black and Gold. Fufu, <laughs> Fufu says F you to Zach McMath. It was it was glorious. And at this point, scarf. At this point. Uh, did I say, uh, gets it on over to my, I mean, we still had, hold on a second. Did Ordaz? Yeah. Ordaz got the assist on that. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought I said Mati. 
I did say Mati. Well, let's put it this way. As a result of that, Ordaz has two goals and two assists in the last three games. Now I might have to question and check myself. 2.22 in the morning. I have been known to make a mistake or two. But either way, yeah, uh, Nathan Ordaz, two goals, two assists in three games. Yeah, he must have gotten the assist on that. It's it's MLS. You had that whole conversation with yourself, by the way. I was more than happy to jump uh, in. I found my point. friends. They're but, in my uh, head. Yeah, you get the hockey assist, and that's what Nate got as he's the one that passed it to Mati. Okay, uh, all right. I knew I wasn't crazy. I, I, I do want to mention mention that even though he only came in with 10 minutes to go Mamadou Fall actually played pretty well tonight I mean look he played awful the last time we saw him in black and gold for the first team but he comes on in the 80th ish minute and uh, had a beautiful header I mean he rose all the way up in fact I would argue the ball wasn't high enough for where Mamadou Fall was going to jump to uh, a great corner from Mati Bogus. He's going to get it up a little bit more for Mamadou Fall, but uh, saved pretty easily by Zach McMath. And in the 88th, a nice cross by Mamadou, who found Mati Bogus, and his shot was wide. That was all they wrote for nothing, but it was nice to see Mamadou Fall get some quality production out of the minutes there uh, late in the match. Yeah, absolutely. That, that that could have been a fifth goal right there. Uh, I mean, and you said it. That's why they they pay him the money to get up there, sky in, and uh, do what Walker Zimmerman does: score off yeah. of the header on a set piece. Yeah. Nothing happens there. Look, the game ends. We have no stoppage time. No I mean, stoppage. right at the zero, maybe like four seconds of it. Referee blows his whistle, and now we have a a, a four nothing ass whooping uh, of RSL. And if you look back, that's three straight shutout wins against Real Salt Lake. 4-0 tonight. Uh, it was 3-0 back in May. It was 2-0 the last game they played in, in, in the 2022 season. LAFC has been running rampant on, excuse me, on RSL. Nine goals in three games. And as far as the stats are concerned, LAFC dominated, man. They never let their foot off of the pedal. They had 19 shots to RSL's 10. They had nine shots on target to get this. RSL's zero. Zero. Zero shots on target, although there were a couple of close calls that won't find themselves on the stat sheet, but uh, Gomez, Savarino, and Chicho did come close, so we have to make sure to highlight that. Uh, passing accuracy, 83% to their 81. We had five. Uh, we had multiple chances created, multiple opportunities off the set pieces, and, uh, I mean, it, it was a fun game. 4 nothing. we advance in the next round of the League's Cup. You mentioned the next round. There are only eight teams left in League's Cup. Two of those from Liga MX, six from Major League Soccer, none from Canada. Uh, LAFC plays Monterrey. Querétaro yes. plays Philadelphia. Charlotte plays Messi, Miami, <laughs> excuse me, and Minnesota <laughs> Goes Barcelona, you mean to Nashville, right? Oh, the Barcelona over 40. The old, the old timers Barcelona team. <laughs> They're so good, though. Oh, my God. Uh, so those are the uh, if you had Minnesota and Charlotte, by the way, still left in all of this. All right. Good job. Good on you. Uh, only eight teams left Philly, of course, as we have said several times, the top three teams all go to CONCACAF champions. It's not champions league, the champions cup. Now CCC. That's right. That's the, uh, that's, that's almost too like Soviet union for me to want to say CCC. I think it was like a hammer and sickle when I say that, but, uh, no, we got, uh, what two matches left until we have a guaranteed spot in, uh, in CONCACAF champions cup. 
Uh, the way they decide it's very simple. The winner of the third and fourth place game goes automatically. And both clubs that'll play for the League's Cup will make the Champions League, excuse me, Champions Cup draw. Except if you're the club that wins this whole thing, you get moved directly into the next round of the draw, which is pretty great. So lots, lots of fun to come our way. Unfortunately, Philly, we're going to have to spend the next little bit at the Rose Bowl. Look, we're if all things are lucky, and by the way, make sure you apply because the uh, the window is open. We might be chilling in a nice air conditioned press box, much like we did against the Galaxy. So I don't mind that the press box of the Rose Bowl is mighty fine. I know nice. how much you hate the traffic and everything else, but keep in mind we're not going to have to deal with traffic from like eighty two thousand people. It's going to be a far different crowd. I don't want to play the guessing game, but maybe half, way less than half. Um, but as far as, uh, I mean, we had 17,000 reported in attendance today for a League's Cup match. I would have thought it would have been a bigger crowd considering the fact that Chicho and Musovsky are coming back into town. But Monterey obviously has a lot of fans. It's a big club, so we might see a lot of their supporters out there. But either way, I'm very much looking forward to Monterey. They had a game in which, well, they had a PK in the 90th plus seventh minute, and that propelled them over Gignac and Co. And I'm glad we get to see Rayado scarf because we're going to get to see Tigres in the Campeones Cup in September anyway. Yep. Well, yep. we've mentioned time and time again the fun thing about this league's cup is the fact that we get to you know do some homework and do some research and learn some things about players from teams that we normally wouldn't compete against. I'm sure you would agree with me in the sense that it was fun doing a deep dive on FC Juarez, and it's going to be such a fun time doing a uh, a deep dive on Monterrey. And for me, that's a little closer to home because I got to go to Estadio BBVA. I bought myself a Rayados kit. Like I walked around that stadium. Like to me, like I'm really looking forward to this. And they are a really, really good team. So it's going to be a heck of a night at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, make sure you uh, you check out Steve Trundolo's answer when someone asked him in the press conference about Monterey. He's basically said there, I love Steve too. It's like, you know he just spent the last few days prepping to play Real Salt Lake. And so they ask him right after his guys are, you know, basically coming out of the shower for playing the game before. And he's able to give a very detail-oriented answer on how good Monterey is. That's a club that I, LAFC has obviously been watching since we started the tournament. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see how Monterey and LAFC get at it. We are going to do the Getting to Know You pod. Um, I would say if it's not on Wednesday, it'll definitely be on Thursday. Maybe it kind of replaces like a, uh, I can't replace one more sleep. We always have to do one more sleep. Anyways, we got one more pod coming at you in a couple of days for the recap. And then, of course, we'll have our Getting to Know You pod a couple of days before that. Philly, felt good to be back, my man. But uh, we are at the one hour and 22 minute mark at just about 2.30 in the morning on Wednesday. And I still had a few more things I wanted to say, but you're right. An hour oh, and 22 God, minutes it. is long enough. Well, I was just going to piggyback off what you were saying. What Steve did say about Monterey was they're, I quote, very well-balanced team, very hard team to beat. Not a typical league on Mackey's team. You could place them in, in a European league and for them to not look out of place. They're big, they're physical, they can score. Those are the words that he utilized. Uh, he also mentioned that there's no update on Carlos Vela's availability. We will need him against Monterey if we're going to come out on top. But we're firing on all cylinders, so that's the one thing I wanted to add there. And the last thing, uh, Mati Bogush 
had himself five shots. And a lot of what people will remember from his game today is the fact that a lot of his shots were off target when he was given great opportunities and great distribution to connect. But he did have himself a fine game, notched himself up a couple of assists. He created more chances on LAFC than anybody did statistically. He had eight cross attempts. Like the kid was all over the place. Yes, he was bitten by, he was like, he had, he was snake bitten on terms of his accuracy, but he played a really good game from that position and distributing the ball, hustling, doing his thing. I, I already see a lot of uh, pros to him being in the midfield over Jose Cifuentes. And now since he doesn't have to battle with Sifu, that's a position that for the most part he can lock in. So those goals are going to come, but as long as he's creating chances, distributing well, getting the assists, playing on the ball, he's, He's going to be fine. Um, I still, the, the, the jury is still out for me on Stipe Buke, but he does a lot of great things, uh, getting corners awarded to the team, so on and so forth. But he's a kid that I would still love to see find the back of the net a little more often, especially with him being up top right now. Yeah, Stipe did a wonderful job of earning corners several times in this last match. So I think that's, he's at least found his niche that will uh, propel the team forward as we've seen on several occasions now, how potent we are on said pieces. So that being said, we got to get ready for a Rose bowl trip in just a couple of days, Philly. So, uh, look again, thank you to everybody out there. This has been episode 269 giggity of <laughs> defenders of the bank. And you well, know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.